AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. 
Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. A camel name. Hello and welcome to episode forty-four. It doesn't matter. Season ten of the Fighting Cop Podcast. I'm joined on the line by Majestic. How you doing, mate? How are we doing? You all right? I'm um, fantastic. You're from the same old Spurs podcast. That's right. Yeah, I set up a, a new podcast this year with my good friend Gaza. Not the Gaza, not Paul Gascoigne, but Anthony King, guy I went to school with, uh, both long life, uh, lifelong Spurs fans, suffering Spurs fans. And um, and yeah, just uh, I love Spurs. Obviously, I do my music and radio stuff. But yeah, it's always good to talk football, isn't it? We're also joined by John Bass. How you doing, mate? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Just I like that I'm just... Oh, no, well, oh, John Bass is here as well. Oh, John Bass. Just, John Bass. <laughs> And also, it's, it's annoying John to be Bass. that John Bass. I know. I did think about that. I should have probably like rebranded it for this. John Bass. But, um, <laughs> but it, it only works when you do it, Majestic. It's, <laughs> it's annoying being like the third best voice on this podcast now. Showing right up. It's weird, isn't it? It's like Madge's voice is like a warm bath. It's so <laughs> lovely. It's such a lovely voice to listen to. Have you worked on this? Is this something you've worked on? Is this just you, when you was eight, this just happened? Yeah, I was, I was seven talking like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? Obviously, from having a lifelong uh, experience in doing radio, I was on pirate radio from when I was 15. So I've obviously had to sort of, you know, train talking on, on radio and stuff. I just naturally have quite a deep voice. A lot of people, when they, they meet me, oh, you, you don't look like how you sound, <laughs> yeah. what they say. Well, no, got, I, I've got a very, I've got very similar voice to Idris Elba. Yeah. Um, me and Driz have very similar voices. And I, I've actually, I used to call him up and do his voice to him. Like, uh, he's an Arsenal fan, by the way, so no, that's not good. Fuck but I did, beat, I did beat him in his own house on FIFA as Spurs. So that was a big moment for us Spurs lot. And I, re- I would just ring him up doing his loofah down. Alice, whatever this is, <laughs> got to stop, all right? That yeah. is superb. That is, that is, <laughs> do you know what? I also just, I've just seen Majestic. He's, uh, you've got four million streams on Apple Music for your song, Me and H. Was it me and yeah. you? Sorry, me and you, Robert, sorry. Yeah, me and me and H is the remix. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Yeah, four million. I think four million on Apple. There's about four million on Spotify now. Yeah. So the, the latest singles just. Uh, yeah, it's done all right. Done its bits and bobs. I just yeah, I just regularly put out music, mate. So I'm uh, I'm not. Do you know what it is? I always try not to look at numbers, but when they when they come up and you you have to kind kind of take it in sometimes. You know what I mean, I'm sure you do it with the podcast and nah. and when when you're. Re- 
reaching the amount of people that you do, it, it, it does. It kind of quantifies the the effort and the work you've put into something. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm a, I'm kind of above it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm above the numbers now. I don't really feel like I just <laughs> doesn't feel anything. Yeah, because the month the numbers aren't nowhere near as good as that. So when they get good, I'll get into the numbers again. But the uh, yeah, uh, thanks for coming on. It's, um, it's, it's, no, thank you I for sh- having me. Really appreciate it. No, love, I do love your podcast. It's a, I like the fact that you know again we we try and pride ourselves on our podcast as being real fans in terms of you know we'll call it out how it is and i'm sure we'll get into it today yeah yeah yeah, for sure for sure um i had listened to the pot i've listened to several episodes actually since you started talking and the production level is ne- like i'm listening to it and going fuck shit we should we should be doing better <laughs> this is really good like it's uh, you put a lot of work into it a lot of effort into it and I- i've got to say out of all of the other podcasts yours is in terms of production levels uh, is just top draw absolutely superb so um oh thank you very much yeah we, we we put some effort into it and obviously I'm I'm very fortunate that my background allows me to do that and make it sound how it sounds but you know and obviously with with Gaz you know Anthony Gaza he's he's we mean him we played football together since we were kids and you know played at like a decent level at kid level and stuff so you know the analysis is good that Gaza's old man he used to play for Enfield he's actually Enfield FC's uh, all-time leading goal scorer so he's got a, <laughs> a, a, a he's got a good uh, he's got a good pedigree uh, Steve King, actually, uh, I remember back in the day when like, you know, when like, like Spurs used to play Enfield at Friendlies end of the season and all that kind of stuff. I do remember, uh, some games Steve was in. So yeah, big up Steve King. I know he listens to this pod as well. Does he? Yeah. You'd be surprised he listens, mate. <laughs> well, well, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, yeah. So t- t- tell us, uh, tell us about the pod and, and why you set it up. Because like I say, it's fantastic. Um, same as Spurs is a good name because it, it's very apt right now, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? It's like. At, at, at first, some people, and even still was like, oh, it just seems like a bit of a negative name. I'm like, bruv, I'm 34 years of age, yeah? Being a Spurs fan and an England fan is just inevitable heartbreak, and the build-up is forever there. You're always getting built up, and we were getting built up again this season. Same thing again. And bosh, there comes the reality. <laughs> and, and and basically, that's what the, uh, the podcast reflects. And, you know, I love our club dearly. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys as well. We wouldn't be sitting here recording this unless we loved our club and I, I i do often use that as a uh, sort of a sort of uh, you know a personality trait i say to people listen i'm a spurs fan that really shows my loyalty to things like do you know what i mean yeah, i'm still yeah. going so yeah that, that's why we set up the pod we, we was you know I've, I've been on a bit of a weight loss journey in the last sort of 12 months as well because uh, I became a fat motherfucker. Uh, and so I was like, <laughs> we started going on a lot of walks and stuff, doing like 10K walks. And all we did was talk about Spurs. And so I was like, we should just turn this into a bit of a podcast. You know yeah, what I mean? And, yeah. and yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's funny because we don't think, you know, our views aren't any more important than anyone's, but these are just our views and discuss it. Do you know what I mean? I think we're in a place in society where discussion is getting thrown out the window and everyone's just shouting over each other. Yeah, for, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Um, it's it does it, what comes across is that you obviously there's a fondness between you, and um, and it's a really kind of magnetic thing. And this is the thing about podcasts when you produce them is all about the chemistry between the people. There are ten tons and tons. There's like I think there's between fifty and sixty Spurs podcasts that exist. Wow, out there, wow. and or, or, and just podcasts in general. And it's so important to have to have that chemistry, and, and that's something you've definitely got on there. Let's let's talk about Spurs then. Uh, we've got a number yeah. of questions coming in. We've got a bit of a monologue by someone from our Telegram group uh, called United by United. So I don't know his name, but I'm going to read that out and see what, you're, uh, what you feel about nice. it. But uh, let's start with the Everton game, John, because yeah. I've never, I've never what, witnessed, I've never come away from a game losing and feeling more hopeful 
And I think it's completely down to how awful our football's been. What do you make of it, John? Yeah. It's um it's like there's there's a certain thing in like uh, psychology and like motivational speaking about paradigms and basically like how you how you view stuff in your life can affect the outcome of like how you're actually feeling. And that's exactly like this. Essentially, this is like a one nil defeat. Because it was a five four and there was loads of goals and it was exciting and action, I feel completely different about it than if we'd have just like <laughs> <laughs> born our way to a one nil defeat so, true. so yeah like do you know what i mean it's that's basically what it's the equivalent of but because it was goals and we gave it a go and we were like we were in the game and, and actually if it wasn't for like horrendous mistakes we just we just bossed the game and just like scored loads of goals so yeah i i felt more positive with that game than i did the game before when we actually beat west brom because i thought oh maybe that's just a one-off because this was kind of built on top of that it felt all right. Like I felt fine. I was a bit. I was gutted because we went out of the FA Cup and I wanted to win. Same. I always want to win. I, I could deal with that much more than some of the results like Fulham when we we didn't even lose that game. I was on the floor and like this was this was such a weird feeling. And I guess it does it does it does, it does show where we are. I think, mate. Well, John, I like I like the I like the idea the the visualization of you face down on the floor, motionless, but, but, with your John's head to the back, side. John's bang on though about that that feeling because you like you said Fulham we didn't even lose it and it mm. felt like a loss. Wolves we didn't lose it felt like a loss. You know those when we was conceding those late goals. They felt like losses. It was such a weird feeling, as you said. And we actually lost that game. And the energy felt a bit more upbeat. However, if I was to give a reflection of what the same old Spurs is, it's that. It's <laughs> what happened in the week. It's yeah. like, you know, if we go back throughout the history of, of, of Spurs in terms of my tenure as a fan, you know, as I say, 1987, I was born. My first real memories of football are Italian 90. And then obviously... The semi-final against Arsenal, I remember actually seeing that as a kid and I remember the final. So, you know, having those little moments as a kid and like, and then what we've had ever since, Spurs has been in this place where it's like, right, five or six, if we're lucky, great individuals and the rest just let you down. And that is exactly what the Everton game was. And it was, there was great moments and, you know, someone I've been critical of myself over the years is Lamella. Last two and a half games, he's looked very good, like in terms of where he should be. It's only taken him eight years and exactly. he's finally showing up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's 165 appearances and 16 goals, uh, which is not good at all, is it really, for the p- position he plays in? No, Considering Delhi, I think Delhi's goals are 50 and he's had about 150 appearances. So there was a lot of things to be hopeful going forward because I think it's almost like, you know, like as a geezer going down the pub, yeah, you've been in a relationship for a long time and you think, have I still got it? Can I pull a bird? And that's kind of what our, our attacking prowess was like against Devon. Oh, we, actually, we were still all right going forward, but we're still shit in defence. And, and that's what it was. And yeah, it was just once again, the same names, the same personnel. Oh, mate, honestly, we, we, our, our pod the other week was about how good or bad is our squad? Because at the start of the season, when we brought people in, I think we all looked at it and went, oh, this looks good on paper. I don't know about you guys. I thought on paper, this looked good. Against Chelsea? Uh, no, I'm saying against at the start of the season when we brought in uh, Doherty, right, of course, Big yeah, Vin, yeah, yeah it, like, on paper it looked good, and mm. and and it's just like yeah, I'm, I'm with John though in terms of like I did feel a little bit more upbeat from it, and even Gaza was saying to me when we was watching it together, he's like, I've never seen you this nervous, Kev. I'm like, <laughs> it's because I'm watching the game and I'm actually in it, I'm yeah. involved, I'm kind of emotionally yeah. attached to it. Well, we before. spent we spent so much so much time this season just sort of 
watching it with a side eye because it's been so boring. Whereas this, one million percent, couldn't take your eye off it. You couldn't. And it's look, you don't want a whole season of that. You don't want to. I don't want to see that again. Next time I want to four one, right? Obviously, this isn't about coming away from this game and thinking, you know, oh well, at least we have got some goals. It's not that. It's just that can this be a catalyst for us being a little bit more expansive? Do you, either of you, Madge, do you think that this performance will that, that Jose Mourinho will look at the attacking abilities inside the squad and, and, and maybe go for the juggler a little bit more or what do you think well I tried it we conceded five fuck you we're going back to the <laughs> well this is it he's in that position because he can come out now and say to us look I told you so this is why I play how I, we, we play because our defence is shit like and you know he's well within his right to say that however you kind of think well you know, I always used to say about Harry Redknapp, he kind of was like the manager was like, well, we're going to let four in, but we'll score six. And that's mm. why it was so like fun under Harry. And um, I think because Jose is just not built like that, he is very much about, you know, keeping it shored up at the back and and making sure that you don't concede five goals yeah. like we did. But um, if, you, you if we're winning, cool with that. Absolutely cool with it. I, I would happily see a shithouse and stink our way to a Europa League I would happily do that, but chances are quite small. So we're going to have to sit through the turgidness until we win something. And he's just—I don't think he's going to get the grace period that you know that, that the football, the football, his style of football won't allow him enough time or enough chances. Because if you gave him ten years, and this is what Spurs were for the next ten years, and in that time we might win three FA Cups, that you know maybe maybe it's likely that that would happen. But would you be willing to risk it and knowing that we wouldn't win and watch this football for the next 10 years? And I think the answer probably would be no. It's not worth the risk. Do you, um, Flav, do you think, though, that we're in a sort of society now and like a culture where you're basically, um, you have to pick a side. Like it's got to be one extreme or the other. Because actually, I think like most fair-minded fans would, would say, look, I appreciate you can't, you can't play like that and you can't go chasing games like that every week like for certain games like i mean let's talk about our next game city right i don't think any of us expect us to play like we did against everything at city because it'd be about 45 <laughs> 25 it'd be mental so i think people are realistic or should be realistic about the fact that like you certain games like that you've got to play a way that's more pragmatic and if you don't you will get slapped up I think what people want to see is that those games we mentioned, and Majestic mentioned it before, Wolves, Fulham, if we'd have played like we did against Everton, we'd have won those games yeah. quite quite convincingly, probably. And so that's what people want. I think people just want a balance. Like, I don't want us to, somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be 5-4, but, but 3-0 or 3-1 and just go and like put like our foot on people's necks a little bit more when, when it's the right time to do so. And at the minute, it seems like if you defend... Uh, Mourinho's one nil. Then it's like you're anti-football, and you're not like you're not allowed to like talk about how you know scoring goals is a good thing. If you defend the five four and you say oh, I quite enjoyed that, then it's like oh you don't want to win anything because we lost. And it's like well actually I want both. I want it all, and mm. we should be able to do that with with a manager who gets paid fifteen million. That's all I want. I want him to succeed, but I'll play in nice football when it's appropriate. The manager gets paid fifteen million pounds, and we've got a squad that can play better than it does. So yeah, that I think that you can. It's you're okay to expect more. And yeah. seeing the positives in that that you know conceding five against Everton isn't a negative thing, but you know we did lose the game. We're out of a cup, and uh, 
that that is what it is. And you know, what, what, what do you think going into the Man City game, Majestic? What, what, how, how do you feel that game will pan out? Because for me, I think we're going to win, and I don't know why. I just feel like we'll go out there, you, slap them. Do you know what? You, you are, we we kind of are their bogey team to some extent in the last few years. Obviously, we uh, we've had some results up there with some VAR decisions that have gone our way, etc. So there might be a little mentality thing there with Man City. They're absolutely on fire at the moment. But with, with, with Jose and his mentality, like you said, he's not going to go into that match and, and play expansive football. No way. But the thing is now, he's in this position where, you know, people are scrutinising him. And rightly so, as you just said, you paid £15 million a year and you're supposed to be one of the most coveted managers in club football history. And, you know, the performance, just to go back to Everton quickly, on, on in the week, a lot of people was in that place where you can't really blame Jose for that there, Right. And so then, you know, there is like, we, we often have that thing, is it the manager, is it the players? But you have to question him when he's bringing on Harry Winks with the last in extra time, because I don't know where you guys sit on, on, on that story there with Harry Winks, because I know a lot of Spurs fans, he's one of our own, he's come from the academy, so he seems to get a bit of a bligh. Um, but for me, you know, you're bringing on that, that kind of player in such an important match that, you know, I'm just looking at Jose and asking him, like, what, what are you seeing in these people that we don't? Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? He is. So, um, Winks has become a, 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 a like, you know, there are Spurs fans out there that absolutely loathe him. And, you know, like you said, there's some people out there that, you know, think actually he's a part of Spurs' furniture. He's been with us for so long. Um, is he good enough for where we want to go? I wouldn't have thought so. I, you know, I'm not comfortable all the time when, when, when he's on the pitch. And, but I didn't think it was a bad move when he brought him on, to be honest. I, you know, it panned out to be one of the worst 30 minutes of <laughs> display I've ever seen. Worst but, cameo in the history of Spurs, someone said on, on, Insta, on the Twitter. That. I think up to, it's, it's, it must be, surely. It's got to be up there. Well, yeah. I mean, cameos, I, I think cameos unfortunate because he was on for half hour. Like, it was a main good chunk of the game. It was just fucking awful. It was so, it was so bad. And the, you know, the mistake that led to the fifth goal was, uh, you know, just um, summed up his game. Um, let's go on to some questions. But before that, I've got this idea for a little bit for, for the podcast. Um, it's called Overrated or Underrated. And if it goes well, Ooh. we'll put together a jingle or something and, and, and make it. Overrated or underrated? Oh, I'll do the jingle. I'm going to yeah. tap you up. I'm definitely going to tap you up. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pay you, though. That's the only thing. That's fine. I'm right. fine, mate. Listen, if it's Spurs, I'm there. All right, cool. Well, I'll take it. I pay, I pay them fuckers enough money every year with a season ticket, <laughs> yeah. I tell you. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Like, we've not used in like two years, and before that, we weren't in the stadium. Which Jesus. Is, that's the thing, is the stadium, we're not even, like, we haven't really even been able to settle into the stadium. Have we played a full nah, season there? It's been open for three the, years, and we haven't played, completed a full season there. M- my last memory of that stadium is Eric Dyer trying to beat people up and uh, Gedson with the worst penalty in the history of, of the world. So it's it's so, it shows something in the greatest moment of Spurs' recent history. Actually, great, I would say the greatest moment since we were on the League Cup is when Eric Dyer, tr- <laughs> Dyer tried to beat up a fan. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty where we're at. Where's he going? Fuck, what's he doing? He's just climbing got, you, up. You have to- you have to put that to the WWE like commentary with like when Stone Cold Steve Austin like, oh my God, it's Austin, he's here. <laughs> like with, with, with a dire one, that would be good. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, uh, yeah, overrated or underrated? Right, the player is David Ginola. Ooh. One of my favourites. Look, he's one of my favourites. He was fantastic. I'll John go first. Cheers. <laughs> well, uh, well right, it so... shouldn't be a difficult... Difficult question, but it well, actually it, is when you start to pick it apart. 
is because like if I really thought about it, I'd just I'd want to say probably appropriately rated. That's not which is that, like you the can't most say that. vanilla exactly the most vanilla answer that I'm not allowed to give. I'd I'd have to probably say overrated because and I'll, I'll go against my own logic here because I know he did win Player of the Year in a season that United won the treble. I get all of that, but let's be honest: if he was as good as he could have been, then he wouldn't have played for the clubs. He would have played for elite clubs in his career for longer. And and at that time, we were not in that bracket. Uh, Newcastle weren't in that bracket. I think he went to Everton as well. Like Villa, he was never really. Yeah, he was never really at the top top draw clubs. So. Makes me feel like the way we talk about him is is an affectionate thing because he was he was good for Spurs and he was that sexy Spurs type player. Um, but yeah, maybe if I had to pick a touch overrated, Flav. He was a, the jewel in a big pile of shit when Spurs like that. That season, <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that season, that season was so it was so bad. Our team like it was rubbish. It was like ninety seven, ninety eight, I think. From that period through to around 2002 is probably, apart from the season we went down, which my, my old man says was the season in Division 1, or Division 2 at the time, it was the best season he's ever had following Spurs. Just one every week. Um, but barring those sections, it was the worst, the worst team. Like when we had an old Les Ferdinand, um, Anderton who was broken, you had Janola on the other side, Rolf, no, he's just terrible, right? But he was something that stood out. And every time he played well, it would be his name in in lights. And his name in, in uh, as a headline in the news. But the amount of times, because back then, we, the internet weren't really a thing. And, um, you know, you got all your reporting and, and messages about Spurs through newspapers. And it's great. You waited a day. Spurs had beaten, for example, that game we beat Man United 3-1 that season. Ginola had a flyer. And the whole back page spread. Sorry, you open the door and they open the back, back page and the spread was just Ginola's face and the, they made a big deal about, um, you know, the way they photographed the game and what they used in the spread. And, and that reporting in football back then was at the very peak, even in shit rags like The Sun and, and The Mirror. They did one thing well and that was football. Um, saying all that, he wouldn't get in our team now and the way football was, is... He didn't run. He only ran forward. The only time he ran was when he had the ball. That's it. Given to be fair, you give him the ball, he dictate it, and he's he's dribbling abilities and he's long hair and he's so he looks so good looking and that and the, all of that stuff. The L'Oreal advert all built into it. But just as a footballer, not yeah, overrated for Tottenham, which is a shame. I don't feel like this is going to be a popular bit. Because we're just saying <laughs> horrible opinions but, about our legends. No, do, do you know what it is? I think this it's a very subjective thing, football, as we know. The opinions that everyone has is, is all different and everyone's got a different experience of different players and, and what they like and don't like. For example, like we, we started doing something on the uh, on our podcast. We're going to do like an SOS uh, legend series. And how do you define a legend? So this is quite similar to the rated or underrated because I think John's right in saying... I think he's probably rated where he should be, which is just in the middle there. Fantastic. Lovely. You, you, you've done some bits for us. If you look at numbers, like 13 goals and 100 appearances for Tottenham in an advanced position, not the best uh, at all, Max, really. Where, where do you keep putting all these? How do you know this shit? Where do you keep, oh, keep pulling these stats we, from? We, we've got a stat man on our podcast. Big up Will Marriott, the stat man. He's always keeping me I informed. Knew that, actually. I knew uh, that. So, so, yeah, it's just like when you look at that as a goal return, 
not great. But the problem is, as you said, when you're in and amongst the shower of shit that we was watching at the time, <coughs> it's like those moments stand out in your minds forever. Because I like I remember that season. I think my uncle had, had a season ticket at the time. So and it was in the Paxton, and I used to go with him all the time. And there were games I remember against Leeds. He just bossed it, coming off that wing inside. He used to cut inside so well, didn't he? He scored a great goal against yeah. Leeds in the FA Cup yeah. down under and got that top bins one as well. I was there. Yeah, mate, great game, great goal. And I think, like you said, our, our, our affinity towards him probably overrates him because we were dealing with such players well, that we, was just not of a standard. We nearly went down that year, if you remember, 97, 98. We nearly went, uh, we, we nearly went down. Is that when Klinsman came back and saved us? Exactly that. We had to... And he said, he's, he's his press conference. Uh, it was Christmas time. He came in halfway through this. He's like, I don't perform miracles. I'm not Santa Claus. I just remember <laughs> that. And we sticks out of my mind. Uh, and then he, goes and back, then he goes and bags four against Wimbledon. And we won 6-2 yeah. and keeps us up. Uh, he also scored an equaliser against Arsenal at Highbury, I think. Think is that when right. is that when Musa Saeed was in our team? Yeah, Musa Saeed. Saeed, uh, ah, I loved it. What a name! I oh, know he was awful. Uh, Got to be up there with one of the greatest number eights uh, for Spurs alongside Harry Winks, top yeah. number eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I tell, I'll, I'll pull a few names out of the ninety-seven, ninety-eight squad. Uh, we had Ian Walker in goal, Dean Austin, Justin Enbrood, who must have been ancient by that point, David Howes. Raul Fox, Alan Nielsen, and Ferdinand Armstrong, which you know, Armstrong is underrated if we were going to do Armstrong. Mm. Um, Stephen Carr, Stephen Clements. I, I have it on good authority that um, someone who was in Spurs' youth was completely baffled that Stephen Clements made it through to the first team. He said there were like, <laughs> there were like 90, 90 midfielders <laughs> during his time that were better than Stephen Clements that got, re re uh, got released. Um, we'll leave it there. Uh, do, you, do you remember a, a a player called Peter Gain? No, nor do I. He was a part of our squad. Uh, wow. Nicola Bertie as well. Um, Nicola Bertie. Remember Nicola Bertie? Yeah. So we we were yeah we were toilet and Janola was Janola was the uh, Janola was the guy, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah so great goals, I, I, great great hair, great look. He was also a top goal scorer yeah. that season. Yeah, but it's just his look and the. And the, yeah, he he was he just lit up, lit up. And in terms of you know, he was just the opposite of what Jose Mourinho was when it? it weren't really about winning. It was... Well, I spoke to I spoke to Rule Fox a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and what? obviously George George Graham came in and and took over. So instantly, I think George Graham was of that mold of it was what boring Arsenal one 0 wasn't it? And he had a great defence with Arsenal. Mm. So when he came into our team and we were just letting in goals left, right, and centre, it was very much to shore up defensively. So they always, they all thought that he wouldn't get on with Ginola and like Ginola, but he ended up, I think, uh, I think Rule Fox said that, that he had a, a word with him <coughs> and, and kind of like, then he became, yeah, he got, he got how he played and, and he used it to his advantage. And the other thing we have to look at as well as Spurs fans, and this comes back to the legends or not, right? I, I put, I put five contributing factors to this sort of rated and underrated thing. And it's very similar to the legends. It's like, right, years of service to the club, loyalty towards the club, Honours, ability, and fan favourite. Because, you know, just to throw another name out, imagine someone like Van der Vaart, for example. He wasn't there very long, didn't win anything with us, but we all fucking love him because he could do a bit, couldn't he? Yeah. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So that, that's the thing with Spurs. And, and I think this is where the whole notion of Spurs play an attractive style of football. What are you doing, Jose Mourinho? Because of players like Ginola, Van der Vaart, Berbatov, the names that we've seen over the years, Hoddle, going back to my, my dad says he's the greatest player he's ever seen play. Yeah, and um, yeah. 
you know, so that's why these kind of players always stick out for us. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, and it's just, um, and it's fine. Look, it's, it, it doesn't really, it, you can't, it's, hard, it's difficult to compare. Football's changed greatly. And, um, you know, Ginola will always be remembered as, this is thing is what, what makes a legend. But there was this other question we had. Um, so we actually were saying across the board, David Ginola, <laughs> according to John Bass first, the, is overrated. <laughs> Or was overrated. Handsome. Handsome but overrated. Handsome but overrated. Um, There was this question, and I think um, T put it in, but we discussed it, I think it might have been another podcast, but it was about legacy. And who has the better legacy if Harry Kane doesn't win a trophy or or many trophies at Spurs? Is it Jamie Vardy or Harry Kane? Because obviously Vardy has won a... He's won a... He's won a league title, wasn't he, with, with Leicester? Yeah. He's also had a fascinating a story question. coming up through the ranks, hasn't he? He's gone through Fleetwood and the various, was it Northampton he played for for a bit? And then uh, eventually Leicester and won the league under Ranieri. But um, Kane, legacy, could it be compared to, 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 to Vardy's job? I mean, they're, they're different. I mean, obviously they're very different in terms of like their ceiling as well. Like if you think about like Kane consistently doing bits in the Champions League, captain of England, like he's he's in, like getting pretty close to England all time as well. Like he, he could do that and Spurs all time goal scoring records in his career. It depends on how high you value things. Like people um, like value, let's say like Alan Shearer's one Premier League title because he was like Premier League all time leading goal scorer above players who've won like just squad players who've won shit loads of stuff yeah. because they're more integral to their team's success. And so it, it, like, it just depends on your own personal opinion. Like what's more important, just having loads of trophies, essentially just being at a club like City and being like a bit part player for City or being a player who like does everything for your, your club. And to a certain extent, you're, you're limited by the players you're with or the, the country you play for. Like if you, if you play for England, your chances of winning major, major tournaments are less. So, I don't know. I, I think it's a, it's a really good comparison because, like, Vardy winning that Premier League properly muddies the waters because ultimately that is an honour that Kane would love to win. But I feel like Kane is in a different bracket. He's competing in a different bracket to Vardy and that Leicester season is a bit of a freak. How about you, Badge? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because the the thought of him beating Jimmy Greaves' number of goals gives me the hope that he will stay because he's a man that does like to win individual honours. Seems that in way, terms it, of, yeah. He does, yeah, golden boots, etc. But I know he's hungry to win things. And, and in fairness, we're not delivering as a football club. And I said this the other night, Harry Kane has walked into that dressing room after the Everton game, gone, listen, guys, I've come on, yeah? And I have done my bit, I've scored, and you've let me down again. You know, like, he's such a he's such a nice Mr. Professional. I don't know how long he can stay, like, feeling that, like that. He'll be off, do you know what I mean? Because I reckon he, just, if, he walked in there, just went, he just kept repeating wankers. Fucking wankers. <laughs> Wanker, yeah, like, not, not talking to anybody. Just wanker, <laughs> fucking you know, wanker. He'd be like, "Yeah, obviously, you know, Delhi's a good player, and hopefully, you know, he can, yeah, you know, hopefully, play the next season. And, yeah, you know, I'm gonna get Jimmy Green's gold. Yeah, hopefully. Fucking uh, <laughs> hell, that is a superb, superb. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is, this is where we're at now because, like you said, I think John mentioned about being like a squad player somewhere, or even a, a, a member of a big team at eleven. Because realistically, in ten years' time, or, or twenty years' time, anyone going to be talking about John O'Shea? who won how many Premier Leagues with Man United and a Champions League and all that kind of stuff. His honours list is insane. Yeah, But, you know, you can't compare John O'Shea to Harry Kane, obviously, completely different players. But what I'm saying is it's like, 
I think with Harry Kane, and I've always said this, he's very intelligent. You know, stay in that one-man club vibe. And, you know, if he beats Jimmy Gree's record and whatever else and goes on, and hopefully we do go on to win something. We should. We, we're good enough. Um, he then has that legacy forever. That that legacy goes on. And, and obviously with him being a big NFL fan, you know, the whole sort of Tom Brady thing, that, you know, everybody talks about Tom Brady, don't they, because of what he's mm. done personally. Uh, and even though he's moved around to go and do it as well, it's it's like he definitely seems to be a man that likes those notches and goes right. I'm going to get to that next one. I'm going to going to get that. Going to get that. But there was a video circulating around today of him four years ago going. Look, if we've not won anything in three years, it will be disappointing. So uh, I don't know where his mind's at. But Jamie Vardy, I think I think if we, if we did overrated, underrated, Jamie Vardy would be in the underrated character, uh, category yeah. because he he is underrated. He he is just a, a great striker. He does the business. He comes on. He has done it against the biggest teams. His goal ratio against the big six is insane. So, yeah, yeah I, I think I think with, with Jamie Vardy where he's at now, he's, he's got the best of both worlds, hasn't he? He's got that Premier League medal on, on, on the side. He's playing for a club that he loves. And he, like you said, John, he's gone through the ranks. So I think his, his legacy probably on paper looks a bit better than Harry's. However, I think Harry's will be revered more because, as you said, uh, Flav, about what he does individually for that team. Um, he, he's he's at that Gareth Bell level now of where it's like remember that last season with Gareth he just dragged us to f- fifth place we marginally missed out on fourth and a lot of that was down to Gareth Bell and that's where Harry Kane's at now so listen Carabao Cup we need to go win it if, if we win it he might stay otherwise I'm worried Jamie yeah. Vardy also punches fruit machines in the pub oh, 100% and he's, he's definitely out there he's he's in the pub he's, he's calling it on he's having a party you know what Jamie Vardy's like so he's in terms of a party, you're definitely going to go out with Jamie Vardy. Harry will be indoors <laughs> with the missus and the kids like, yeah, I'm just watching the NFL rerun tonight. I won't come out. <laughs> uh, Harry Kane's goal ratio uh, is second. Actually, no, it's equal only by uh, Thierry Henry. 0.68 a game. If he tops Alan Shearer's record, if he gets above 260 and he beats Spurs' goal scoring record, uh, Jimmy Greaves' record, and becomes England's top goal scorer, it doesn't matter what the rest. How it doesn't matter how all of the other players have fucked him over in his Spurs' career, or any manager has <laughs> fucked him over. He's on his own has achieved everything he could, and for that he would be the, not only have a better legacy than than Jamie Vardy, have a better legacy than any striker that ever did it in the Premier League, because on his own yeah. has he achieved everything he could possibly achieve. That if yeah, because I- ten other players can fuck his day up, right? But what he's done on his own. You know, he, he, Jamie Vardy has benefited from all of the things that n- meant that Leicester won the league that year. So, mm. and I'm not taking anything away from Jamie Vardy, apart from the fact that Harry Kane will always have, if he does break those records, a better legacy than Jamie Vardy. Yep. Otherwise, we get into the world of like, Divock Origi is better than Harry Kane because he's won the Premier League and the Champions League. It's mm. like, well... The- like that's just irrelevant. But they're, they're both strikers, and he's won more, so he's better. Like that's that's patently bullshit. So, yeah, we need to be in a world where like things are taken into consideration. If you're if you're your country's all-time leading goal scorer, the Premier League all-time leading goal scorer, and your club's all-time leading goal scorer, you can't be doing much more <laughs> if you don't win stuff. It's not your fault, literally, yeah, completely. And the thing is, as well, when you when you talk about things with a past sort of context. No one's sitting there going about Alan Shearer. Well, before the Euro 96, he didn't score for 18 months for England. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. All you do is look at, wow, he turned up and done that. When when we look back in 20 years' time at Harry Kane being a golden boot winner at the World Cup, it's 
not that he scored against Venezuela or whoever we played. I can't even remember. It was not the best teams. So yeah. I do think, you know, his his record and his individual ability speaks so much volumes. But obviously, there's so many sort of uh, Spurs haters out there. They'll always use the trophy thing against the, against us and against them. And you know what? Just a quick point on that. So, you know, you know, I'm talking on on your podcast. I just wanted to speak to you guys about, you know, this this sort of bashing we've had with being trophyless, etc. When in actual fact, if you compare us to the likes of, you know, Everton or Aston Villa or other clubs who I'd say are similar stature to us in terms of legacy and things like that, you know, they don't get half as much abuse as we do. And then people will will use that and go, yeah, but you lot are deluded. I'm like, no. Speak to a lot of Spurs fans. We know what we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they, I, I think we we get more stick because people do take us more seriously than Aston Villa and Everton. And uh, I get we are, we are, um, you know, comparable in our history. You know, Everton were incredible in the eighties. Uh, Villa were also fantastic in the eighties as well, winning stuff, European cups. Uh, Everton would have won a European cup if they weren't banned because of Liverpool's fans' behaviour in in uh, in Turin. But no, is it Turin? No, oh, wherever it were. They... I think it was Turin. Yeah, yeah, High Saul. No, so it was in High Saul, but it was against UV. Anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. The um, so 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 they 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 were fantastic. And Spurs, well, we had our day pretty much in in the sixties with little splashings of glory in every decade, apart from the last three. So we um, yeah, the, the history is comparable. But nowadays, based on where we've been finishing and how significant the moves have been made in the last ten years. The magic that Pochettino did, attracting managers like Jose Mourinho, whether you like him or not, his stature is unrivaled by, probably only rivaled by um, Pep Guardiola at the moment. So yeah, we're, we're a level above those. And for that, people don't like Tottenham. And our fans of, while we, we're not deluded, definitely not deluded, everybody's acutely aware as Spurs fans how awful we've been at getting over the line and... I don't think there's anything in bottling it. It's bullshit. Just a game of football every 90 minutes, essentially. So there's not a, you're not bottling it if you get beat by a, a fantastic Liverpool side. It's just a game of football where on the day Liverpool were better and, and that's happened too many times. But yeah, I just think um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love it when people dig out Spurs and have a go at us and, 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 and come at us because it means they're... They have an issue with us. We get we are heavy, we, we are heavily disliked, though, isn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah, not, we I'm are. We are. Like, no, we are. Heavy, we yeah. are heavily disliked. Because even speaking to, I was speaking to Tim Lovejoy the other week on the pod as well, and he's obviously Chelsea, and he he was like, you know, in all of his time of doing like sports related broadcasting and stuff, when he speaks to other fans, it's just like, you know, Chelsea hates Spurs, Arsenal hates Spurs, West, West Ham. Ham hates Spurs. Yeah. Um, apparently. Leicester hate us as well because our stat man, Will Marriott, he's from he's from Leicester. So that season that they won the league, he he hated it because he's a Spurs fan living in Leicester and he got so much stick. And like when we're playing them, apparently his lot are all on him. Like, yeah, we hate Spurs. I'm like, why? Like, I just I, I feel like we're that, that kid at the party that don't get like the invite, they don't want us there, but we're like, bro, we're turning up, bro. I've got a ticket. <laughs> exactly. Like, we're we're not, you know, we, not we coming have. to this fucking party. Yeah, we bullied ourselves in. We're like, bringing we're, knives. We're bringing uh, knives. <laughs> we're bring, we're, it's N17, bro. Like, <laughs> next to Rudolph's nightclub, bro. We're coming to your house regardless, bro. Let me in, bro. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you don't, you know, we, people, people, um, they dislike us, but they can't, they can't deny us. Um, and you know what? I don't want to be liked. Fulham are liked. People like Fulham. Yeah. Nice little football club. Fuck that. Nasty, horrible Tottenham Hotspur. That's what I want to be known as. 
Spit in my face. I don't give a shit. Um, anyway, got a question. Uh, Unity by Unity. Uh, so this is quite deep and quite heavy, but this is where he's at mindset-wise, right, at the moment. He's struggling, boys. So let's see if we can help him out here. Let's be serious about Tottenham Hotspur for just this once. We, came, uh, we, came, we can't deny that we've been also rans for so long, as most of us can remember, at least since 1985 for me. Recent years have shown us reach higher heights, but sadly we've fallen short at every opportunity and have ended well as also runs. Sometimes some subjects in life do not get to the ru- sometimes some subjects in life do not get the rub of the coin. I know in my life I always get the one fucking product that so happens to be 40. Or I get that message when you've been dying for good news on your item of interest that we're really sorry but it's never really changed in my 35 years. My question is this. If you really look at the club situation and the promising future we've all felt is nigh, does one really see us destined for greatness and glory in such a way that we'd like and hope? Something similar to Liverpool or cities, or even bloody Leicester's success. Even just one respectable trophy won consecutively. I just can't see it. We've always, uh, we're always going to be the faulty product bought or the receiver of disappointing news. I just can't see a period where we simply aren't Spursy for a length of time and a consistent period of time. No matter who we have playing for us or managing us, are we cursed, boys? Is that, I think that's what he's saying. Is it, will it always be this way? Ooh, that is deep. It is. It's like depressing, is. isn't it? It is, but... Man, but it I, doesn't matter. I, I, but look, I've, I think this is this is how I would see it, right? Is let, let's take football out of the equation, right? Just think about life. You hear from loads of like billionaires, millionaires who like chase material things because they think that's what will bring them happiness. They get them. It's great for a bit. And then they want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And actually what they want is maybe an intangible thing that makes them happy. If you reapply that to football, I think it's exactly the same thing. If you put your happiness in winning trophies and that doesn't happen, um, you will always be miserable. Even when it does happen, it will be fleeting. Because as soon as you then, you know, you win the league, the summer's over, the season starts again, it's over. And if you look at any club who's had sustained periods of success, when it falls off, which it inevitably will do, it is so much worse. If you find the joy in football in other things, so like we talk about it all the time on this pod, about going to football with your mates, and occasionally seeing like someone score a worldie or a youth player coming through the system and then becoming the best striker in the world. If you put your joy in those things, you're bulletproof. You will love your life and love supporting Spurs. If you put it in, invest it in essentially three trophies that only you know a handful of clubs will ever win, you will be miserable forever. So just change your paradigm on how you see stuff and, and you you will be immediately happier i've got to say you're spot on there john and uh, there's this clues in your question mate and the, the the way you identified as you're you you feel like you're the one that's always going to receive the bad news and yep. you're going to receive the broken item or 40 products or whatever it might be your mindset is creating that and you're seeing that so every yep. time it happens you 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 hung you you um you double down on that feeling, and then you see the you, you only you end up seeing that part of what goes wrong in your life, and not looking at the things that do go right in your life, and holding on to them instead. And the longer you have that, the more unlucky you lucky you'll be, I think. And yep. if you're watching a football team just for success and just for winning a trophy, 
then you're, like you say, you're you're on a you're on a path to nothing really because it is always about the journey. And winning the Champions League would have been wonderful. It would have been absolutely wonderful when the Pochettino. But if you think you feel any different right now with the situation at Spurs, you're mad. You wouldn't because that feeling, as, as John said, is fleeting. Uh, and and you you have to live in the now, and the now is is that we're pretty shit, and and winning that you know Champions League would have made no difference. So don't hold on to that. I, I do I appreciate why, where the frustration comes, and I know that he doesn't live in the UK, or he might have done, but I know he's in um, Zimbabwe, I think, because he's got a Zimbabwean flag next to his name. <laughs> so um, you know what it is, boys. It's it's, it's this is the problem. It's the hope that kills you, right? Yeah. And I think when you get overly invested in that then that's when the heartbreak comes. Do you know what I'm saying? It's very similar to like what you're saying. When you put, change your focus, then then the wind's always there. It's a great point that you make because, you know, <laughs> Gaza always says to me, oh, Kev goes deep. I always go quite deep on our pod as well about spiritual stuff because I'm quite spiritual. And I think what you're saying, John, is bang on in terms of like refocusing your mindset on things. And I think yeah. if you do that, there's a lot more joy in these things. But again, I, I liken it to the current situation that we, we, we experienced in, in the UK with the government and lockdowns and stuff. Giving the false hope is what kills people. And then, so for example, Jose Mourinho comes into Spurs. He wins trophies, yeah? The cup specialist. Oh, the man wins everything. We lose the FA Cup. So straight away, you go away from that thinking, well, I've been promised this, this guy's coming in to win things for us. Well, that's not going to happen now. Do you know what I mean? So I think that, that, that's where we end up sort of going down that sort of garden path. And we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it as well when you're sitting top of the league and you're thinking, hang about, we beat City, Arsenal, Man United 6-1. Like you start thinking, hang about, this might be the change. And I think having that mindset of, oh God, we're, we're the cursed ones. It's like, you're right. It's 90 minutes of football. Anything can happen. Like Leicester won the, won the league at that point, that year. Anything can happen. You know, Wigan beat Man City in the FA Cup final that time. Anything can happen in football. And that's why we love football. That's why we don't love VAR because it's changing the, the landscape of that anything can happen in football. Mm. No, anything can happen, then it gets rescinded and ruined. <laughs> but, but yeah, with, 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 with the Spurs thing, it's what, what I find about our club, like you said, is seeing like the likes of Harry Kane go from youth academy player who was let go by Arsenal. You know, the Arsenal fans loved that one with him in the shirt and all that. And we'll own that. We'll take that. We'll wear that and go, yeah, he was in your, your youth academy. You said he was shit. Got rid of him. We had him put the arm around him like Harry Redknapp. Yeah, he's a terrific lad. Let the boy play. You know, he's fantastic. Uh, and, and and we let him blossom and he come through us and he's a Tottenham man now. So there are those things. It is disappointing. I don't understand why, like, I can get why, like, my, my you know, my, my old man's 64. I can understand why him, who's been at White Hart Lane when we've won the, the uh, UEFA Cup and Tony Parks is saving penalties and all that kind of malarkey, can feel disappointed because they've seen success. As, as you mentioned, John, when you've had that success and it's fleeting you feel even worse. So you become even more emotionally removed. But for me, like apart from seeing a couple of league cups, I ain't really seen much success. So for me, the uh, the joy is in, 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 in how we play. That's why this season's been particularly frustrating. However, the Everton game the other night was probably the first time in a long time I've been emotionally invested in Tottenham whilst watching them rather than clock watching. Fantastic. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and um, it's perception. It's perception, isn't it? It's about what, what you you how you choose to receive the information and, and the results and, and whatnot so look mate it's we what i would say that if this makes you feel any better and you know this is that we are better placed as a football club than we have ever been apart from 1961 where we signed and spent a huge amount of money to put that that that, that double winning squad together like people 
it was in terms of money at the t- at the time, it's comparable to what Man City did uh, when they started. Really, really I, see, 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 Flav, I didn't even know that. That's really interesting. Go huge. T- t- tell me, tell me a bit more about that because me, I'll be honest with you, I'm quite ignorant to that as 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 well, how we just, went about in, in in doing that. Well, we just we had we we had a lot, we had money to spend, and Ben and Bill Nick wasn't uh, worried about spending it, and and it like the the the. Um, the numbers looked insignificant and, and tiny now, but if you go at back the at time, the prices, context. Man, massively, massively, and, and then even even in through the sixties when we signed Jimmy Greaves, uh, everybody knows that he he was signed for ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine pounds because he didn't want to be the first footballer to be the hundred first hundred thousand pound footballer, and Tottenham were the team that paid that money. So it, for, for all intents and purposes, we bought the world's most expensive striker. And he came to Tottenham, so that that was the the, the the ethos around the club then. But what I would say is, we are not we are better placed now to get major trophies than we ever have been. I I, I think we've got we've got this huge stadium, we've got a chairman who I feel, based on his own um, comments about investing in the team, investing in the training centre, investing in the stadium, and now it's time to invest in the team. If that's true then we should spend significantly or significantly enough to, to, to give us a chance. And, um, you know, we, ha- we have that infrastructure. If you look for where the club was before Daniel Levy took over and where it is now, we are light years ahead than where we would have been if it would have just been tick- ticked over. Here's one for you boys, though, just quickly. Yeah. When was the last time Spurs signed a world-class football player? Tell me when, in your opinion, was the last time we signed a world-class football player? My argument would be, because I get where this is going. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can uh, see already in it. Yeah, that my argument would be that um, very rarely do you see clubs in England sign or, or very ma- big clubs sign world-class footballers. Like when, when was the last time Liverpool did it? Maybe Van Dijk, but he wasn't world-class when he arrived. He turned into be. Salah wasn't world-class. So it's often you buy players before they get to that point. Mm-hmm. Certainly yeah. a club we- like Tottenham. yeah. <clears throat> what about you, John? What do you think? Well, yeah, I was I was just think, trying to think. And I was thinking, we've had world-class players, but they weren't world-class when we bought them. I was just thinking like Modric, Bale, yep. like Lloris, for example. They weren't that level when we bought them. They've subsequently become in that top bracket of like world-class players. So, yeah, it's a really good question. I actually don't, I don't know. 1994, Jurgen Klinsmann off the back of World Cup 94. That's That's... That's a world-class footballer at the time. Yeah. Big name comes yeah. in as a big name, already done it at the highest level. That's the last time we we signed a world-class football player. Like you said, it's very difficult because these players aren't. Because even like everyone's talking about uh, Haaland for like uh, Borussia Dortmund, etc. He's only twenty, and he obviously comes on mm. massive reputation. And there's talks of City should go out and get him, etc. But he's still not world-class yet, is he? It's, it, I think those world. He's gonna be. Yeah. Those, those world-class players don't really make the moves now, do they? They're normally at the clubs that they're at. Like you've mentioned, Van Dijk, he was on the cusp as well. So, yeah, it, it, I think football has changed so differently. I think it, it's hard because everyone always forgets, like with, with the argument about Ndombele, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about him. We'll come to that. Uh, but he was one of the most sought-after players in Europe and we managed to nab that signature. Obviously, it's taken a bit of time for him to come to fruition and he's still got a bit of bit of a way to go. But, you know, you, you do have to sometimes look at, we have spent some money in the last few years. And yeah, we, there is, there's definitely progress, but it's just not necessarily clicking just yet, is it? No, 
No, no. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. John, do you need to go, mate? You got work and stuff. I, I do. I've got to go. Um, Majestic, been a pleasure. If anything, Great. I should I should be paying you for just listening to that voice. It's been, uh, <laughs> a real a real delight. Um, but look, let's hope we um, let's hope we fuck up City at the weekend. I I um, agree with what we were talking about earlier. I think we've got a hoodoo over them. Um, I'm I'm all for shit housing away to a win as well. So quite happy to do that. And um, we need it. A pleasure. Come on, come on, you Spurs. Cheers, Peace John. Later, boys. Uh, I've got just one more question before before we finish, Madge. Thanks again for giving us all your time. No, um, thanks. We definitely. I need you on ours, mate, as well. We'll have, well, we'll have a good old chin wag. I was going to say. I just. I noticed that last word on Spurs were on there, and like, how did they get? in? I'm not that they are undeserving of, a, of a, <laughs> an invite, but surely should have come to us. I, I met. Uh, I met Jamie up uh, Talk Sport actually uh, when I did D Day on Delhi with uh, with Ade, who does Talk Sport too up there. So yeah, met him on there. I was like, oh, pop on. I, I think. I think it's brilliant. I think it's great for all of us. Spurs contributors to all get together and just and just mix it up and throw the opinions around and I think that's the wonderful thing about Spurs it's like you listen to any of the podcasts everyone's got a different take on it and a different angle but we all love our club and I think that energy is very important and speaking with with uh, old Lovejoy the other week uh, and he was giving it the absolute buzzer about Chelsea which is fair enough you know he, he's entitled to that because they have won things and he pulled out his uh Premier League uh, champions uh, when they won the Premier League and he's got like the ribbons from the actual trophy and stuff all framed up. So he was having his moment. But he did even say about, you know, when they sacked Frank Lampard and that, he just, the club feels a little soulless. And it's like, I'm, am I just paying to fund some geezer's yacht? Like what? they're in that position. So it is kind of like, be careful what you wish for. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you will lose the essence of, of the club. And I think, yeah, as I, I said about, I didn't buy about us as fans, Majestic. I didn't what, buy what are you saying? Yeah, like it wasn't just him. Lots of Chelsea fans are saying it. It's like you can't have everything. You can have your Champions League trophies, your Premier League trophies, your FA Cups, all the shit that Abramovich has bought them. Mm-hmm. You can't then go because he does something you don't like. Go actually, nah, we ain't got yeah. any soul. You never had any soul. He's been, been soulless for years. You can't now <laughs> go. Oh, we haven't got any soul. We know you ain't got any soul. It's been years. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I think they've just because they've had all the successes, they just wanted Frank Lampard to be as well. Good. It's, it's it's easy to with with hindsight and 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 preaching from the uh, the, old, the gold towers to be like, yeah, you know, I forget the winning all the time, you know, and the trophies <laughs> and that, you it's know, about we, the journey, we, yeah, and all that. So it's listen, football is is a funny thing, and, and and people's opinions are, you know, they are based on emotion a lot of the time. So when you see the rants coming after the games, everyone's quite emotionally fueled. Yeah. So. And it's just like that's why we're trying to keep a level of consistency with, with when when we talk on our podcast of like one of our friends even tried to say the other day that like you know we've changed our tune on certain players and I'm like no that's not true we're just saying like someone like Ndombele for example it's calling kind of fallen back into type he's become a little bit lazy the last two three games when before he was bossing it a bit more do you know what I'm saying and we need him to have that consistent level of games six seven eight games in a row where he's doing it because he will be an integral part of that team. Yeah, so I'd say as um as someone who's been recording a podcast for ten years, yeah, mad bro, mate, well done, bro. Oh uh, yeah, sorry, that weren't a humble brag. It was me. Just I was just saying. No, it's sick, bro. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. But what I'm about to say is that the amount of times you end up contradicting yourself and hip- you making a hypocrite of yourself is you've got to <laughs> let it go because I can't 100%. remember what I said two weeks ago. Like I I flip flopped on Jose Mourinho more more times than anybody and now i just go to reserve that. the right it's like what i believe what i'm saying right now is what i believe i right truly now. believe right now, right now. Yep. next week i might believe something different 
And, and it basically means you can't trust a word that comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so you're, just, you're just sick of the glory. <laughs> yeah, it's up to you if you listen to the pod or not. But whatever comes out of my mouth is likely to be bollocks. <laughs> um, but it's entertaining bollocks that helps people get through their day so hats off to you sir and, and, and what a fantastic service you've done for spurs fans for 10 years mate <laughs> oh, what a lovely thing to say thank you mate um one more question before we go and i'm I, I, you, you wasn't prepped for this so um i'll answer oh. it first and then you can give it a go it's not too, it's not cool too i'm ready hoy uh, goal against liverpool made me think um think about what are some of the best goals we've scored in games you'll never ever want to watch again that's from nathan de over in the Ooh. States. So I'll, I'll go first and give you a second to think and see if you can come up with anything. But hands down, Eric Dyer's header against Arsenal uh, to put us 2-1 up uh season before last. Yeah, and I he remember ran, it. He ran over to the Arsenal fans and shushed them. That, shushed image, them. that image of him shushing them is one of the greatest things I've ever <laughs> seen. And we can't use it because we lost the game 5-2. Yeah, four two. Yeah. I can't remember. We lost four two or five two. I remember that game because I was in LA. So my my my, my manager's based in LA, and I was over in LA working. And um, I had to get up at like half six in the morning. And there's a Spurs bar in LA, so they take over this bar. So I watch I all know, the games and that. I know it's the guys. Yeah. Sick. LA Spurs. It's, yeah. Yeah, LA Spurs. Fantastic guys. I'm telling you now, the atmosphere in there was like being at White Hart Lane. It was brilliant. Do you know what I, I want to do, Madge? I want to take um, I want to take the fighting cock over to the states because a couple of them have uh, groups have uh, invited us over, just saying, "Come on, come over. It'd be great." And um, we'd love do it, to. Bruv. It's just the cost, isn't it? It's just it's cost so much to fly over there, and and it'd be a two week jolly. It'll be messy and I, stuff. I, but I know 100%, people. Hundred percent. I know yeah. people, mate. Yeah, I know up. people. I get the old Virgin airline hook up for you. Fuck yeah, <laughs> serious. I'm not, I mean, I, I would definitely I'm take in. you up on that. Yeah, let, let's 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 go. But um, yeah, I remember that game, and you're right. That moment when he went up there and he shushed them. It was see that that that's why I'm torn with Eric Dyer because he's got that in him. That yeah, definitely. Quiet in your mouth and the hard night, and he's fighting with his brother. Then he's got all the mistakes in him and. Like I often make this this comparison that you know because he was always getting in the team and Jose's got his arm around him. They they they're always on a jolly up over at Nando's getting the spicy nuts in the the spicy olives, talking Portuguese to each other, and that's why he's in the team all the time. But uh, that's a great goal to to pull out. I think for me, um, Jermaine Defoe's goal against Arsenal again. It's always against Arsenal. Five four. Uh, five four. My, and, that goal again, was disgusting. It was so. That good. game is very similar to the Everton game because you feel like you feel like that. you don't you haven't necessarily lost it because I think we was about 3-1 down at one point and it was just such an entertaining game and I think I was I think that must be about 2005-06 uh, so I was like fresh out of six form whatever so I was definitely in in, in, the, in the the boozer before the game and all that kind of stuff you know when you're proper going up Tottenham and you're, yeah, you're drinking yeah. loads I mean, and all I that when you're in so much. yeah it's, it, it, that's, that, they're the best days and you have a great time so that goal definitely sticks out in my mind oh, there's got to be a, a few more where we've been absolutely battered and then there's been a worldie from us as well um, that the sort the definitely that though mate the the um yeah that that one defoe scored that goal it's just such a freakish shot just came in off the upper stanchion just fantastic goal but again like meant nothing it was back then arsenal was slapping us about week in week yeah. out um 100%. yeah any any of the arsenal ones um but yeah for me that eric dyer one just because the iconic image of him doing that shush because we could have fucking put that everywhere i absolutely loved it um all right mate i think i think we're done so it's uh same old spurs that's right yeah so it's a uh, same old spurs pod on uh like instagram and um 
I think Instagram's same old Spurs. I don't even know. Just sameoldspurs.com. We have the website, which gives everything. Because you know what it is? You know what it's like with, with the podcast stuff. It's like, how do I listen? Go sameoldspurs.com, and then you can choose whatever you like to do. Some people at like Apple Podcasts, some people at like Spotify, etc. So, yeah, sameoldspurs.com across all the socials. Uh, and we, we release every every Monday. Try we, we record on the Sunday and release on the Monday. And, yeah, we, we like I said, the big thing to watch out for coming, we've got the SOS Legends. And this is a good one to ask you, Flav, and see if you're going to co-sign the legendary status of this player. Uh, Darren Anderson's our first player that we're, we're putting on the SOS Legends. You, and we had a bit of mixed feedback on that from some of our own listeners. He, um, he is remembered. Uh, he, he was a better player than people remember him, I think. Thank you. I'm clapping you for that, Flav. 100%. People forget, like, you know, that goal against Leeds in the FA Cup, top bins, 30 yards. He's His contribution yeah. to England. And at the time, you know, like watching Euro 96 and World Cup 98, seeing your own club players, your clubmans mm. in those tournaments was a big deal, man. Like, because it was just full of Man United and, 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 and those kind of teams. So to have a player in there, and the thing is as well, most capped Premier League player of all time for us as well, uh, and the fact he's never had a testimonial, I think, is disgusting. And I, I, I think we, I, I want a champion for the Darren Anderton testimonial. Okay, I'll get behind it, it for sure. The other thing with Darren Anderton, because he, he had, he, he was a bit ungainly. Like he, he didn't. He's, his technique was fantastic, but because of he was quite limmy, he was quite tall and spindly. That I just don't. I think he's underrated because, uh, partly because of that, but his effectiveness. On on uh, on the ball and, and and influencing the game from that right right hand side of midfield it was fantastic. Great ball, amazing vision, had a lovely strike on him, um, and uh, and 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 was ravaged by injury. Like every every week, you weren't sure whether he was going to play, and I think that's done him a bit of a hindrance as well. One hundred percent, and and we really get into that on this Legends episode with well, him, I'm and he he, to to that he call he calls out a few people and stuff, and he well, really you're talking he, to him. Yeah, yeah. How the fuck are you getting all these people, Majestic? <laughs> Listen, I got people in places, mate. You got, uh, you got connections. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, we we have a, we have an over an hour long conversation with him, and he and we talk it through from when he literally gets signed up by uh, Pompey That's as right. a youth player, yeah. all the way through. And he's just so open and honest. He's uh, just, you know, a little backstory. So basically, I met Darren. He played at my stag do. So, so I did, there was a thing called play with a legend. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You can like play with a football legend. Yeah. And, you know, when we come to stag do, and I'm not really, that, obviously, because I get to travel a lot with my job. Uh, you know, I've been all over the world, etc. And I'm not really that guy that wants to go to Prague for a weekend. That's not me. No. Uh, so I'm like, I love football. Why don't we play football with one of my heroes? And Darren Anderton was the guy that I'd had on my shirt every time. That purple kit, number nine on the back. Darren, I even used to try and like move my mouth like him. It's so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I was playing number nine when I was a kid. Same kind of thing from midfield. I, I'd, instead of the right foot, I had a left foot on me. And he was my idol. So for, for me to, to do, obviously, the SOS Legends thing. But yeah, we had him play at my uh, stag do. He played the full 90 minutes, no injuries. Nice. And he played one half on one team and one half on the other. So I got to play with Darren Anderton and like ping balls over to him and receive <laughs> a ball from him. And he, he had his free kick and my, my old man was in goal for the other team. He loved my dad. It was such a sick shot. Like, you know, when you just see someone with ability beyond like your own belief and you watch it and you're like that's unreal so yeah so i'm very fortunate enough to get get, get dazzler on there and we're just trying to well this is the thing this is why your rated overrated was a brilliant section because just trying to work out who can be considered a legend of, of tottenham is difficult because obviously our success says we've not had that much in the last 30 odd years 
However, you can you can argue the case that someone like Michael Dawson might be a club legend because he was so Mr. Tottenham. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is it honours? Is it what you've done for the club? Is it loyalty? What is a legend? Do you know who might be yeah. good for you? Um, Mickey and he would 100% do it. Mickey Hazard, because I remember legend. he was uh, he's been on the pod a few times and a lovely, lovely, lovely guy. But more to the point, he has a genuine argument about what is a legend. Oh, uh, I like that. So it, you reach out to him. He'll definitely do your pod. And... Um, because he's like, I remember us having this conversation. Like, what is a legend? What is a legend to you as a fan? And we've got deep down into. It. I feel like I'm not sure. I either he feels like he's not considered that way, although I think he is, uh, or he thinks that players that aren't deserving of that moniker it gets thrown around too easily are called mm. legends. So hit him up on Twitter. He'll definitely do it. He's such a lovely That's man. A, I think we've got people like Pat Jennings lined up, uh, which is Shovelands. Uh, yeah, yeah. He would, he would he'd... catch the ball. My dad used to talk about him. He would catch the ball with one hand, like a cross. Yeah. Imagine that. Exact Imagine the goalkeeper doing that. My dad says, "Really, really." Yeah, exact same thing. And obviously, like I'm, I'm half Northern Irish, so um, like the big man talking like that. So it is what a bird. He talks so softly, doesn't he? So he does. <laughs> so, <laughs> he does. yeah, be an interesting one. So well, yeah, definitely. That's fantastic. So, uh, uh, well, there you go. What to look out for? Go and go and check all that. check out the pod. But also more than that, cause it's it's often if people get into their habits and they get the podcast that they like and. And um, the Fighting Cock is isn't the best podcast out there, but we benefited from being early and being there. You know, ten years ago when there were no other, there was mm, one other Spurs, yeah. the Spurs show, and, and I think Cock on Ball podcast. Right, we were there and we benefited from the crest of a wave, and people get into habits and they enjoyed listening to us to talk for whatever reason they do. Um, but there are tons of these decent podcasts um, popping up. So just after we next, maybe just wait until we win a game if you want. Or you want to listen to something? You want to listen to more than just one <laughs> podcast? Then, um, then, then pop over to yours because uh, it's genuinely good. And I like, listened to it. I was oh. like, "Shit, man, the production's so fucking good. I'm really envious." <laughs> but um, thank you, bro. No, no, no. It's good, man. It's good work, and um, you know, more decent content the better. And obviously, the the music as well. It's just fantastic. Yeah, no. Listen, as I said, I, I'm eternally grateful for getting me on and and being able to chat to well, to your audience because I know. Blood, bro. Listen, as I said, we'll get you on ours. It'd be great. It'd be great for you to come talk with Gazza as well, because Gazza's a he's a great laugh and he's his football analysis is brilliant. Yeah, and he so was very good, very good. He's he's absolutely guided. He couldn't be here today because obviously he's he's working and whatever else. So big up to Anthony, aka Gazza. Can't forget him. We we often have a laugh because obviously I do get often a few showbiz moments, don't I? Like through my musical career because yeah. uh and so when i get to mention the podcast he's like oh, are you gonna bring me i'm like yeah of course i am you dickhead come on he definitely he's more than welcome absolutely yeah. um you know we'll do, we'll do it again in a month or so or towards the end of the season see what's what and um, yeah bring, bring gazza on and yeah whenever you need me I'm, I'm i'm available i'm ready for you brother thanks so much and big up to uh all the fighting cock uh fans out there and uh up the spurs listen win lose or draw we love our club and uh you can't take that away from us, whether we win a trophy or not. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, mate. Up the Spurs. There you go.
Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.